Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms, and I'm the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. Uh, today's episode, we check back in with Bryce, who is our gold mining mechanic in North Pole, Alaska. And I start off with getting a little bit more of Bryce's backstory. I realized after I talked to him a couple of times, uh, I think this is actually session number two, and I, so that means I've talked to him at least three times, that uh, I didn't know more of his story. So we start off talking about that. But the key takeaways I want you guys to focus on today is knowing the liabilities uh, that are possible for your any property that you own. Uh, we start talking about some icicles. And these were significantly, in, in my opinion, obviously, we don't deal a whole lot with icicles in Florida, a whole lot. Um, but there's a property that Bryce is looking at. It's got some you know, two foot icicles hanging off of the, the, uh, the roof that if they were to fall, could fall directly onto the opening that's going into this 14 unit he's looking at. Uh, but also another key takeaway is importance of grabbing actual financials on any potential acquisition, uh, using a trusted source to physically walk through properties that would be a long distance, uh, property investment for you. And in this case, Bryce, his mother is local to where he's looking to invest. Uh, so obviously that's a great trusted resource. Also walk every unit. Uh, it may sound crazy. I've bought duplexes. I have one duplex right now that we're under contract to sell. We've owned it for three years, never been into it. Um, the numbers were just that great, but in a multi-unit family situation, uh, especially when you get into bigger ones, you want to walk every unit so you know exactly what you're buying. Uh, also, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, we talked about student housing a little bit, and I point Bryce toward um, CoachCarson.com. If you're not familiar with Chad Carson, he's located up in the, the Clemson area of South Carolina and focuses primarily on student housing. So he's got a lot of benefits that he from real world experience that he can share with you. So I want to point out that resource, uh, but that's it. Uh, oh, oh what, one more thing. What, <laughs> Bryce gets into talking about leveraging secret cake recipes for some specific market data, which I think is really great. I don't think there's any big secrets that were discovered there, but I think it's awesome that the relationships he's talking about that he has with these people. And that's the, probably the most important thing when it comes to real estate investing. Okay. So that's it. Those are the key points. Those are the key takeaways from today. So let's get to it. W2 Capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. I don't really have anything on my computer or my phone, and so it just automatically changes over. And so I was sleeping, trying to get over a head cold anyway. And then, uh, yeah, like Sunday night, I'm like, man, it's still daylight. It seems a little late. I'm like, oh, yeah, that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, so what do you do uh, when you're on the mine? Are you a backhoe Um, operator? I'm a mechanic. You're a mechanic. Okay. I thought you told me you were a mechanic before. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's uh amazing man every time i see your name pop up i'm thinking that's so how does a guy like you get from montana to north pole alaska so i went to a, a college down in montana yeah and they uh the mine that i work for currently they're they're all over the world i mean they have mines in tazius africa russia they're they're i think they're number three or four mining company in the world. But anyway, they used to come down from their mine up here and recruit in the summer. So okay. I would come and make, I'd come up here in the summer times and make a ton of money as a college kid, yeah. go back down and then go to school the rest of the year. Nice. Nice. So they got you hooked on early on for, uh, to enjoy. Oh yeah. That's... Oh, I was making insanely good money as a 23 year old right out of college. Yeah. Like, yeah. Probably a lot more than I am so, now, maybe. <laughs> uh, it's just always. Yeah, intriguing. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's you know the whole process is is um, fascinating to me. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, we could go on that for for hours, but it's not what we're here Absolutely. to talk about, right? <laughs> so, uh, you email me uh, some deals or a deal, right? That you're looking yeah in Montana. One of them looking into. Uh, looked at the pictures you sent over and I looked at, well, both emails, right? There was just two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, tell me about it. Tell me about the property. I, I just came across it. Well, it's a 14 plex. Like, you know, um, okay. it's in actually the town that I went to college in. So when I'm looking back in Montana, I really think that's a good strong market because one, there's a college there. There's a yeah. bigger hospital up there on the high line. Plus the BNS railways, one of their hubs is there in town. Okay. So, and I know an awesome property manager up there Yeah. who um, I would end up going with. And she's actually the one that put all that together because I called her up. Okay. And I was like, Hey Monica, like what, uh, this is what I'm kind of looking at. Uh, she's like, well, let me get back with you. And within like two days, she's like a little, church going lady assassin or something man because she <laughs> like she left she left church or on ash wednesday and then um right after services she went went to the the section eight housing yeah. and like traded her super secret cake recipe her delicious cake recipe or whatever <laughs> to <laughs> to get information on like what section eight was what kind of the going rate for studios and single apartment family yeah our single bedroom apartments we're going for. So she okay. put all that together and then went, already went and just kind of drove around the property. She hasn't went inside yet because I'm not, she wants to go in with the realtor Yeah, and, yeah. uh, and look at it. There's a couple things that might be a concern of it being built in the thirties. Um, once you get like with wiring, if, if it hasn't been updated since then yeah. type of thing and potentially asbestos. Okay. So those are two kind of concerns to look for. And, and, you know, hopefully once you get inside or whatnot, realize that it's been updated in the past 80 years. Yeah. Um, and she, she's probably knowledgeable. I mean, obviously I don't know her, but, uh, regardless of what she says, do, if you get to that, this point, have a home inspection done. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I noticed the icicles hanging off the roof. Right. And mm-hmm. that picture that fr- is at the front door. It must be. I'll have to see if I could pull them up here. But, but there's no like canopy hanging over the door. So if you walk out, 
Here's a question. I, cause I don't know ice, right? I don't know snow and ice here in Florida. We don't get a whole lot of it, but uh-huh. you know, as far as, um, liability insurance goes, you know, if a, if a tenant walks out and they slam the door real hard and an icicle falls on them, mm-hmm. or some, I'm assuming you, the owner would be liable, right? I would assume so. Um, yeah. but even like up here in Alaska, like, or is it just watch out common, for, coming out? I, I think it's a, it's a common thing to watch your head, like okay. watch for falling ice. That's yeah. a very good point to, but there, I just saw there's no canopy like over the front door where you could, you know, if you're walking in, you can, you know, get a little bit of shelter from the rain or snow or whatever's happening. But when I yep. saw the bicycles, I was like, man, that's, that's something I'm not used to seeing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the property now is all section eight or it's, it's, uh, no, it's mainly, she just went there just for Canada to see what they were, gotcha. what the going rate was for. Cause, cause like in the first Excel spreadsheet, um, it, uh, it shows what the, what the current, she doesn't manage it, but she knows the okay. lady that manages it. Um, and so the first one is just what it currently goes for. Okay. And then the second one is what section eight is currently gotcha. okay. so paying for something like that. Okay. Um, one of the things, so I want to just spitfire some stuff at you. So this is a cool spreadsheet. I think it gives you mm-hmm. an idea of what the property can do. Um, I wouldn't take it on. That's what it's doing now. Yeah. Right make sure you get actuals. Mm-hmm. Um, now <clears throat> I've been in a situation. I walked away from a, uh, I think it was a 20 or 30 unit mobile home park, um, where I asked for the actual financials and it was a mom mm-hmm. and pop, um, guy was in his seventies or eighties and, um, they wouldn't give them to me. Mm-hmm. Um, First excuse was, well, we're waiting. It was, it was this time last year, actually. And, um, they were waiting on their tax guy to finish up their CPA. I thought, okay, well, that's legit. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get, um, we'll get the most current numbers. And then, uh, coming from CPA, that will be very accurate. At least I would, I would think. Right. And then, um, several weeks go by or actually we get past the April 15th deadline. Uh, the next excuse was, well, now the owner's in the hospital, which I don't doubt because he was, you know, he's an older guy. Uh, and then the third excuse was that I should just accept what they gave me because they're good people. And what they gave me mm-hmm. was a eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. They drew out the park and they put what the uh, monthly rent was per pad. Yep. And that's what they should, that I should go by. And I was like, guys, I, I can't do that. Number one, the bank's not going to loan me the money. <laughs> if I walk in with this and say, here is, you know, here's the rent roll, you know, here's, here's, there was no leases come to find out everybody was on month to month leases. Of course, you know, it's a mobile home park. What are they going to do? Move their, move their mobile home. Yeah. Um, so, but there were several RVs in there, right? So they could just pick up and, and drive away on a month. So make sure you get actual financials, right? Now, is that something you, did you put it on your contract type of a thing? And then, no, no you asked for that all before yeah. you even because put an the, offer in. 
Correct. Because the way I do it, um, I make an offer based on how the property is performing currently mm-hmm. or in the last 12 months. What I look for is uh, the net operating income. And based off of that, I'll make an offer um, with the current going cap rate. Right. Yep. And, and that's it. Uh, you know, I, I don't look at pro forma as a lot of, especially realtors, uh, they will hype up the pro forma. Hey, look what this property can do. Be like, great. That's more icing mm-hmm. on the cake. Right. But right now here's what that property is doing. That's what I have to base my offer on. Yep. Uh, it, 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 I'd laugh at, you know, uh, realtors say, well, only a little bit of work and it'll be doing this for you. Well, if it's only a little bit of work, why didn't the current owner do it? And then he can charge, you know, that amount of money. But I, I I am very strict on that. I I go basically by the numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've got a partner who uh, on our apartment complex, he wanted the, the owner, we got copies of everything. I mean, the, the owner was very, uh, somewhat cooperative, right. And showing us now, again, this was a 76 year old man who was doing everything himself. He was the bookkeeper. Mm -hmm. He was a handyman. He was doing everything, but I forgot where I was going. Anyway, we, so we got everything from him that we wanted. The last piece of information that one of my partner wanted was him to sign an actual legal affidavit saying that everything he gave us was accurate. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I was like, man, we're, we're looking at, I mean, it's, it's, we're looking at all the leases. We had all the leases. We had everything we had asked for. Uh, so you can take it to that step if you, if you need to, uh, just realize the more you push the owner, the more, you know, likely it is for that deal to fall through. So, but okay, whatever, whatever you've got to do to, to maxim, uh, minimize your risk is what you need. Mm-hmm. To do, right. Hey everybody, I want to take a break from the action real quick and point you over to Passive Real Estate Investor Academy. It's one of our affiliate sponsors for the show. Um, Annie Dickerson, who leads up the academy there, I've met her, I met her at a conference last year. I uh, wanted to meet her because she is actually on uh, one of our posts, uh, 12 sites every financial freedom seeker should know about. Uh, the things that they're doing at Good Ag Investments, uh, I'm just amazed by. Uh, she had a very successful W2 career, but also, uh, I think it was last year, uh, 2018, she was able to pull her parachute cord and become a corporate dropout and focus on real estate investing full time. So, and by that, I mean her and her partner are now syndicating deals through their uh, corporation, Good Egg, Good Egg Investments. And what I'm most impressed by these these ladies, what they're doing is they closed, I think it was around 3,500 doors last year. Um, and now they're teaching, they've launched this course, Passive Real Estate Investor Academy, uh, to teach people what it really means to become a passive real estate investor and working with syndicators, whether you work with them or not, helps you understand what a passive real estate investor is all about. So check them out. We have a specific link for you. You can find it at helmsrei.com slash P-R-E-I-A. All right, let's get back to it. Do you yeah, have absolutely. any idea what the, the cap rate is for that area, for that market? I I don't know, not in Haber. And that, that would be something I need to, I'll send Monica a message on. Yeah. Um, Cause like I say, like, this has just been kind of working on it here the last couple of days and whatnot. So no, that'll be. And she may not know, uh, you know, like in our area in the last year or so cap rates have gone tremendously bonkers. It's one reason why we're kind of sitting on the sidelines waiting for um, this market to make sense to us. But 
Um, you know, there's chance that probably nothing has sold, you know, and for, to be used as a recent comp. Uh, mm-hmm. and if that's the case, then you just got to figure out what it's worth to you. Right. Mm-hmm. It can be, uh, it can be a little, little great. Hey, are you familiar with, um, uh, coach Carson? Yeah, I was just Dad actually Carson. talking with Jillian Johns Rude last night about him. It's one of her, his really good friends. Okay. Um, and she was telling me more about him. I, I, I've signed up for his, his email or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get one every once in a while. <clears throat> he's, a, he's a resource I would definitely tap into if you're going to go the uh, college housing route mm-hmm. because that's essentially all he has done his entire career. Mm-hmm. He know, and it's a little bit different. I mean, it's not you know, buy and hold, it is buy and hold, uh, but, you know, versus a long-term tenant, it's not like short-term, which somebody comes in for vacation or whatnot. It's not long-term yep. because they're only going to be possibly be there for a semester. Now, when I went to school, I was in the same apartment, I think two years, you know, mm-hmm. but I was lucky, I was lucky enough. <laughs> I, I fell, I fell enough behind that I needed to go to summer school for two years, but you know, yep. <laughs> so there was a reason for me to be there for, but you know, I don't know. In the and you're looking at if that's an option too, but just think about that. You may have a little bit more turnover. You may have a little bit more vacancy in those summer mm-hmm. months. You know, yeah, that's that's another big thing. This, like, according to Monica, it's 100% rented out currently with uh, railroad railroad workers, right? Oh, so nice. they have a, it's a hub. Uh, Haver a hub for a lot of the train uh, conductors. Yeah, and so they have a cheap place to live because like the studios are only renting, I say for like three fifteen or something like that, I guess, which is way, way low. So apparently, but I don't know anything about that market, but that seems like a very mm -hmm. nice (laughs) affordable place to live, you know? Oh, I rent out a bedroom here in my house in North pole and I get $800 a month for it. (laughs) Nice. Nice. So no, but that was a lot of good information. And Thank you. Oops. Yeah. And you know, at minimum you bring up the um <clears throat> the monthly rent to what section eight's gonna mm-hmm. or what section eight can do. And I think it's extremely smart to rent out the garages, you know. Mm-hmm. And those are uh the garage yeah, I, I don't think anybody rents in there, and those are only renting for twenty five dollars a month. And according to what research she did with the storage you storage unit facilities in town, that size of a unit would be like $120 a month. Oh, wow. So you could, you, you could, you could raise that probably comfortably to $75 a month yeah. and probably have them leased out. But like going through the pictures there, you know, I mean, it, it's going to need some touch-ups on that yeah. probably. Um, and I don't know if they're wood floors or, or dirt floors, right? Because it's built old enough that the the garages might be dirt floors, so that'll be another. Uh, I got you. I thought, but you no, meant, I mean, I thought you meant the apartment was dirt floors. I was like, well, maybe there's a reason they're getting three three hundred <laughs> bucks a month. Oh, <laughs> uh, that makes sense, though. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's it's a very intriguing place just ju- just on the outside, you know, I mean, without yeah. digging into super details, because it just currently what it cash flows, if Monica was correct, I mean, it's hitting that 1% rule, yeah, just barely, but well, we also know that, you know, just comparing it to what um, she found section eight rents for in that area, it's way under rented, mm-hmm. right? Very much so. And like the the wash and dryer, they're charged. This is how it's an old couple that hasn't done anything rent wise because it's, it's still 25 cents to wash a load of laundry and 25 cents to dry a load of laundry. That's awesome. It hasn't been that in like 40 years. That is incredible. 
<laughs> but no, so I think my mom was wanting to go take a look at it with the realtor and Monica, like this coming Friday, maybe. Yeah. So does your and, mom uh, uh, or the realtor have FaceTime where they can just hold the phone up and walk you through it virtually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I there is something with that, though. I don't know if they can. They might be able to do it through the hallways. I found out for Maria, like it's a Montana lot because I was like, there's no pictures of the inside. She's like, well, if it's 100% rented out, Montana, you cannot take pictures of others' property okay. and post them on the selling on on like realtor or yeah, post like them on the MLS. Yep. So you can't. So that, like, oh, that's a good sign, I guess. But but being there, you you can walk through them. Obviously, I mean, you can yeah. go walk through the units, but you can't take pictures of it. And it's kind of funny. What's that? Oh, I was just saying. And Maria was saying, well, that's actually news to me. I'm glad I found that out because I've done that a bunch in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you definitely want to walk through every unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that we, we learned that lesson the hard way. Um, the first time we went and looked at our our apartment complex. We were given a select few units to, to look at. The next time we went up there, we were given a few more. And then after we bought it, we went through all of them. Actually, we did go through all of them uh, before we bought it because we walked through with a general contractor to get some real hard numbers on what we're going to do. And But um, after we... And we saw some things like there was one unit that had a real bad leak in it. And mm-hmm. um, it was actually leaking from the air conditioner unit from the upstairs unit. Well, you could tell this hadn't been tended to, right? And we thought, mm-hmm. or we heard the owner say, oh yeah, I'm going to get to that. Looking at the Never rest of the property, we should have known that what he meant was, I'm not going to get to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, after we closed, uh, we go back in this unit, the leak is still happening. Uh, so now it's been months this has been happening and the entire downstairs unit had surface mold. So we had to lift it down to the studs. You know, one of those things where we should have done a final walkthrough the day before we closed. But again, for what we got it for, I don't think he was going to, I know he wasn't going to go any lower because he mm-hmm. received the backup offer uh, that was like 50 grand or 10% below what we had offered. And uh, he wasn't going to take it as mm-hmm. even a backup offer. So, uh, so yeah, make, but make sure you walk every unit. You'll yep. find a lot of stuff and that'll, that'll go into your asking price. So, um, what's your, so your next step is to have your mom walk through it with the yep. <clears throat> have them, them go through it, check it all out. And then I guess if it, if they're like, yeah, this is something we pursue further, I'll probably jump on a plane and fly down there Yeah, and, and look at it as well. I mean, I don't, I think this has been on the market for a little bit. I, I haven't seen how long it has, but nobody's jumping at the place, which is kind of um, surprising to me just because it seems, I mean, just, just looking at it just real quick before you go into depth, maybe people look into it and then go, Ooh, yeah, no. So could be. Uh, it also could be a sign of a, you know, the seller's not quite motivated enough just yet. Mm-hmm. You know, you, in I've found that um, in a very competitive market, you, you sometimes kind of shoot yourself in the foot by being the first offer because yep. a, a a seller thinks that their property is worth this, right? The very height of whatever, wherever they come up with that number, it's a, it's worth this to them. Well, you do, do your due diligence. You get that first, you know, uh, trailing 12 uh, income statement income and expense statement. And you're like, well, your property is actually worth this. And they just flat out reject you. Right. Mm -hmm. But then along Mm -hmm. the way, they get three or four more offers that are 
right in line with yours. Now their expectations are resetting to say, here's what the market's going to bear. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's not beneficial to be the first first person to make an offer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it could be that you know you mentioned earlier the wiring uh, or, or not the wiring the age of the home age of the property could be something that has leads to them discovering asbestos or uh, some wiring issues some big ticket item that the seller is not willing to budge on price for right mm-hmm. so be interesting to see what happens but you know before you make an offer make sure you get the trailing twelve mm-hmm. um, and then after you make an offer you know part of your due diligence process. Uh, and make sure this is all part of your, um, I've got a checklist I can send you. I think I've got it. So oh, that'd be cool. I'm looking on my desk like it's my desk. It's not, it's, it's in a Google doc somewhere, <laughs> but it's basically due diligence items that you will need to ask and put in writing in your offer to say mm-hmm. what I need from you, Mr. Seller to go forward. But mm-hmm. before any of that happens, you want to get the trailing 12 months, uh, income and expense statement. So you can get a good picture of what's going on. With that. Yep. Okay. And I'll <clears throat> documents. No, that'd be awesome. So yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting. If anything else, I'll learn a ton just by going through all this. <laughs> well, it's it's practice, right? So it's it's basically did you play any sports growing up? No. Okay. Then this analogy is gonna suck, man. <laughs> I was into motorsports. Well, there you go. I mean, that's that's fine. So uh I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know the first time that I got on a bike. Uh, and I didn't know how to pop the clutch properly. It threw me, threw me off. Right. But the mm-hmm. next time I got up on the bike, I knew to ease into it or ease off of the clutch. So same way here. Right. I mean, it's just practice. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you buy the deal, great. Then you're going to get a lot more practice in dealing with the property. But if you don't, who cares? You'll find another, yep. you know, just, I, I can't stress enough that having, you know, established investing criteria and sticking to those is the most important thing that you've, you've got to do it, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes we don't even go look at our properties before we make an offer on them because we don't want to get emotionally tied to them. Yep. When you get emotionally tied to them, then you're willing to fudge a little bit on your investing criteria. And then you, you end up getting yourself in trouble. The only time I've ever lost money, uh, investing in real estate is when I did not stick to my criteria. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got emotional about a deal. I'll, uh, I'm making a note to send you that uh, checklist of items. Okay. <clears throat> like a 21-day checklist. So basically, the, the idea is um, it's a 21-day checklist, and it's laid out to where you don't spend money um, un- until you have to, right? Mm-hmm. So like ordering, you know, and you'll need to make sure your offer says this too. So like when... Um, <clears throat> Well, maybe we'll do that next time. We'll see how the 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 next steps go. But we'll we'll get into um, making an when you make an offer. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of um, residential offers will be a thirty day close or forty five day close. Well, with commercial, so this is you know falls into the commercial space. You want some due diligence items from the seller. Well, if the seller mm-hmm. doesn't get you those items until day twenty seven on a thirty day close that puts you in a bind, right? You're going to have to then file an extension. So basically you need to word your contract to say, you know, 30 days or 60 days from the time the seller provides me these complete list of documents, Mm -hmm. right? That way, if it takes them two months to get you those documents, your essential clock has not started until it gets you those. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Absolutely. Okay. But we can dive more into that once you, once you get there. Okay. 
I would also say if you're talking to a realtor there, um, also start talking to a, um, you know what? I hadn't had my coffee this morning yet. <laughs> <laughs> Slacking a little bit this morning. Man, I, I am. I, I actually, uh, I got an <clears throat> opportunity to speak last night, uh, and I'm not, I'm, I'm very comfortable behind a keyboard and a monitor, but in front of mm-hmm. a crowd, I, I suck. And, uh, I didn't get home till like 11 o'clock. And then our daughter has been up since like three, 3 a.m. screaming. And so I've been up since about 3 a.m. Just kind of tossing and turning. So, uh, my wife was like, why don't you just snooze in? And it's like, well, I got a call. I'm going to get up. I, I got to go work out because if I don't, I'm going to be struggling even more than mm-hmm. I am right now. But no, I hadn't had coffee yet this morning. So I'll go get some here in just a minute. Um, and I completely forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, uh, realtor. Yeah, realtor. So if you're talking to a realtor, talk to a lawyer who mm-hmm. specializes in commercial property, um, okay. buying, buying whole commercial property, and have them help you write uh, your sales contract. Um, a lot of uh, realtors will say that, hey, we've got one that we can use as part of their association to the local MLS. Uh, but when it comes to commercial, it's a little different. Uh, and if you use a realtor to write it, 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 you know, it's not necessarily anything long. I think the one we used, again, I'm looking at the corner of my desk like it's there. The one we used for our apartment complex, I think it was like 10 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> it, it just it definitely helps to have that level of detail available mm-hmm. in it. Right. And okay. with, with a lawyer who's familiar with uh, commercial real estate and your realtor, how I'm tying this back to your realtor is your realtor probably knows somebody who um, okay. can help you out with that. Mm-hmm. If not, awesome. I would, I would just say reach out to a family friend or Google it, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. How cold is it there this morning? Oh, 35. It's pretty warm. Okay. It's pretty warm. <laughs> I was outside without my coat on all day yesterday. It was like 42 degrees. Hey, it's it amazing how your body gets acclimated to that because mm-hmm. like it's been abnormally cold here. Um, and I mean, it's been the highs been the forties, you know, mm-hmm. but the last couple of days it's been like 75 and really humid. And I can't, I mean, I can't stand the heat. I was like, what in the heck? You know, I'm usually oh, the yeah. guy who loves the heat. And I, and I just had to remind myself, we're not acclimated to it yet because we had an abnormally cold winter. So we're, we're used to the colder weather, but not 40, uh, 35 degrees and walking outside without a coat. I don't, I don't think so. Oh, man, it, it, is, it is crazy on that end of things. I mean, because this, this winter was very mild. It only hit 40 below, 45 below for a short period of time. But it can be where it's that cold for a month or two. Wow. Um, and w- once it is, I- I'm not kidding, once it hits 10 below, you're outside in a hoodie. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's insane. It's like, oh, man, this, this feels really good. When it, when it comes up to 10 below, like from 45. Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Man, yeah. better you than me, buddy. <laughs> Dude, I'd much rather work in the cold than the heat in my line of work. Like, Well, I guess that's true, but I just, my skin cracks up. I mean, it's just. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it I gets dry. Know. Yeah. Fairbanks is actually considered an Arctic desert mm. because it's it gets so little precipitation throughout the year. It snows quite a bit here, but the snow's not. There's like no moisture in it. It's very yeah. dry. I remember you telling very, me very uh, last time we talked, you were talking about how the uh, when it falls on top and the wind doesn't blow, right? So when it falls. For the most falls, part, no. Power yep. lines and it's like 10 feet tall. 
just stand yep. on top of the power lines, which is amazing. So it's are right. you outside most of the time when you're working? Yeah, I have been lately. I've been out, out in the field mostly. Um, we, a lot of guys will rotate. Some guys will be back in the shop at the mine. And then so everybody kind of gets a break. But here the last couple of months, I've been out in the service truck out outside. Yeah. Um, like I say, luckily, it, it hasn't been super, super cold. So yeah. And a lot of the time, I mean, the equipment just broke down or whatever. So it's still warm ish when you get to it. <laughs> yeah. How long does it take for a, a a dozer or something like that's been running for a couple of hours to cool off and, and 45? Oh, it, does, it doesn't take long. It yeah. doesn't take long. I mean, you, you pack big heaters around with you, big heaters with tubes on them and stuff that you, yeah. you throw on the equipment once you're working on it to keep it warmed up. Um, it's amazing, it's, man. We're on opposite ends of the spectrum right here. Yep. <laughs> Literally. Yep, ex- exactly. <laughs> what exactly. else you got, man? Uh, I got a few more minutes and then I got to cut out. Um, how, uh, so kind of say it, it, this all works out or whatnot. Then you run into, cause it's going to be like 30% down for a commercial loan. Like what, what are some tips or whatnot of coming up with that? Say it'd be about a hundred thousand yeah. down payment. Um, so family and friends, right mm-hmm. is your best option um and again this is where your lawyer can help you write uh <clears throat> it's called an operating agreement for an llc yep. that you'll hold that for uh and you'll he'll basically get down into initiating uh who has responsibility for what who has the shares mm-hmm. uh, and shares are just like if you buy a stock right so mm-hmm. um uh, but uh, family and friends because if you go outside of that um, you have to, then you start getting into, um, SEC regulations and there's a whole nother really expensive item called a private placement memorandum that mm-hmm. you have to file. But there's again, talk, and this is another good reason to talk to your uh, lawyer, uh, or a lawyer, uh, you know, create a relationship with them because they'll be able to guide you and tell you what you can and can't do as far as mm-hmm. raising money. But most of the time, or not most of the time, when I've talked to my lawyer about it, he said, if you stick with family and friends, then usually you're uh, covered. And he goes, now, if you're out putting a billboard up and you're starting to take money from an 80-year-old person you just met in the grocery store, that's when it gets very sketchy and, and where it's going to be an issue. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and, and then we got into well, what's the definition of a friend, right? Because Facebook defines friends as somebody you're connected with. Mm-hmm. But he, he clarified that stating basically, and again, I'm not a lawyer, but so talk to one just to get clarity, mm-hmm. clarity on this because they will be the one representing you in court if you ever get there, not me, right? Yep, <laughs> but, exactly. But uh, uh, to, to my lawyer, a friend, is somebody you have a conversation there is an established relationship uh before you go and ask them hey let's look at this investment opportunity together right okay i get you that's what he defined a a friend as and how how does that work when say when you're doing when you guys are doing that was everybody on the loan that's associated with the down payment no 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 okay uh you know depending on the banking institution you go with, they're going to want, um, the more the merrier from the banking institute, right? Uh, that basically they're looking for somebody to guarantee the loan if, mm-hmm. uh, if it's recourse, right? Which is going to be recourse if it's under a million dollars, if the loan's mm-hmm. under a million dollars. So recourse means they can come after personal assets if for some reason there is a default on the loan. 
So in our situation, uh, we only had two guys who um, guaranteed the loan, right? And mm-hmm. because they guaranteed the loan, they automatically uh, got X number of percent ownership into the property because that's all they did, right? Yep. So if you find somebody who has a big balance sheet, uh, it'd be nice if they put cash in the deal as well. But if they can't put cash in the deal for whatever reason, um, then you can write that they can sign on the note mm-hmm. uh, and they could still be an owner of the property, but they didn't necessarily bring any cash in. So there's there's a thousand different ways. I mean, there is no silver bullet as far as how that can happen. But mm-hmm. to answer your question, just because somebody invests into the property does not mean that they have to sign on the note for the loan. Now, it will depend okay. on your banker to tell you how many people um, that they need right to sign. But Mm-hmm. Basically, they're just looking for somebody who has a personal um, net worth to to cover the balance if it's ever needed. Okay, no, that's that's a really good point. Good yeah, question. no, this this whole thing it it went from just looking at smaller stuff to like all of a sudden I'm like, huh, <laughs> this will be interesting. And then I talked to Monica, and all of a sudden here I am. I'm like, oh, all right, I guess we'll fit it. We'll see this one out. It's <laughs> exciting stuff, man. But just don't rush into it, right? Make sure yep. you stick to those investing criteria. Okay. Yeah. We'll do, brother. Well, look, man, I am excited to see where you go with this. Even if it's nowhere, you you get mm-hmm. exercise, right? You get those, uh, I was going to say swings in the cage earlier, but you get on that that motorcycle um, just another time, right? You figure out that turn is going to be a little bit quicker or maybe it's not and you're going to get thrown off. But Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's it'll be good practice for you either way. But uh, mm-hmm. what I'd like to do is a week from now, see where you're at. Okay, so, yep, let's do that. Um, just, you know, and it could be as quick as that. Hey man, uh, we're nowhere. We walked in and it's, it's not going to happen. You know, we yep. found out the wiring was, is still the, is aluminum wiring from the thirties and it's full of asbestos. Yep. And, and maybe you don't want to deal with that. Um, maybe you do, but you've got to reflect that in your, I would reflect that in my offer price. Knowing if that yep. was right. Absolutely. Um, because especially like in Florida, um, we have, uh, this is kind of crazy, but we have uh, wind mitigation uh, insurance issues, right? So they'll come in because of hurricanes and obviously y'all are not going to deal with this, but um, you know, the four point inspection for us in Florida is the roof uh, electrical Mm -hmm. plumbing HVAC. Well, uh, wirings, I've never ran into older wiring before. I tend to buy, think, well, I was going to say, I haven't bought anything since um, that was built before 1980, but that's not true. The oldest property we own right now was built in 1904. Oh, wow. Uh, but it's had plumbing updated, electrical updated. It's had some, some good mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, but I don't, I've never had anything that doesn't have, um, I don't have any properties that have anything other than a breaker box in copper wiring, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but the point I was going to make with the, the wind mitigation here in Florida is if you have what's called hurricane clips attached to your roof joist, it tremendously lowers your insurance payments. Um, one of the first houses that I had didn't have them. My insurance on that property was $1,100 a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I paid a guy, uh, matter of fact, I found that I over, um, paid him way too much, but I think I paid him $900 to install hurricane clips. And it dropped my uh, insurance from $1,100 a year to $500 a year simply oh, wow. because he installed those hurricane clips. So 
all that to say this, when you get into this property and you start inspecting it, if you find out those things, hey, it's got aluminum wiring or it's got asbestos, if you do those upgrades to get rid of that stuff, um, it could affect your insurance cost too, right? Yep. So um, there's a long way to get to that point, but. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> Well, cool, man. Well, look, you got access to the calendar. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. See where you're at with it. All right. Thanks, brother. All right, man. Stay warm. I know you will, Later. even though it's 40 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> that gets me. I'll see you, Brian. Later, dude.